Hello, my chaotic listeners. This is your host, Bailey Cook, and you're listening to Clinically Chaotic, the podcast. Okay, please don't be mad at me. I know <laughs> I know, I took a very unexpected break, but um, let, let me just explain. Okay, so I thought I was just going to take like two weeks off for summer, and then I, I just, I don't know. I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to take the whole summer off. And I didn't give you guys any warning, and I sincerely apologize. Definitely going to have to get my audience back on track. But because it was such a long break, I'm going to call this season two, and it's going to go on until summer again. And because I started it, because I started Clinically Chaotic in January of this year, it's definitely going to be a way longer season. So, um, yeah. I hope you guys missed me because I missed this. I missed you guys. I missed all of your feedback. I missed having an outlet to talk to. But because I took such a long break, I have so much to say, so much to talk about. And I mean, that's what you guys are here for. You want to listen to me talk, right? I, I I wish I had one of those sound effects where I could go, ching. you know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. I'm in a really good mood. I just woke up from a nap. I had my first week of classes. Um, today was day two. I had a really interesting first day of one of my classes with a student in there, but we'll get into that in a second. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening, and you guys know the drill to follow me on social media at Clinically Chaotic the Podcast on Instagram, and also check out the blog. Again, I'm going to start updating that and be consistently posting on both platforms, my podcast and my blog. So I really hope you guys enjoy season two. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get into the episode. All right, here's our update. I always give one, as we all know, unless you're new here. If you're new here, hi, I'm Bailey Cook. Um, yeah, you'll learn a lot about me if you listen to this podcast, because it's all about me and my opinions. Anyway, so pretty much, um, I traveled a lot, Ava and I went to Kansas City and saw Rex Orange County in concert. Literally one of the best concerts I've been to, hands down. He was absolutely amazing. He sounded amazing. Like, there was no auto-tune, and oh my god, he was fabulous. Absolutely voice of an angel. And then, um, let's see, what else did I do? I went to Mexico to our condo that we have down there my family and it was a great time and then the night before we left a lot of family drama happened I'll just say it as that um it brought up a lot of my childhood trauma and a lot of my past and so that happened the night before we left and the next morning it all kind of just fell to shambles. Um, the family drama was still very much occurring. It was a very tense situation. All of us were very uncomfortable with each other. Um, and it was me and my two friends who came along with us. And um, my parents had already gone back home. And it was me and some other family family members. And uh, so we wake up. Well, the, the night it happened... Um, I had gone to bed and the AC was on and off broken, but it wasn't really broken. It was just, it would frost over or something. I don't know. I don't know how that all works, but it, would, it wouldn't it would work for a few hours to say. 
the least. Anyway, so it wasn't working. So it was extremely hot in the condo. But um, I wore boxers, a pair of shorts, a pair of sweatpants, and three hoodies, along with two pairs of socks. And was still, my teeth were chittering. I was freezing. I think you all know where this is going. So I felt absolutely awful that night. Didn't sleep very well at all. Got up the next morning. One of my family members was like, oh, I think I have COVID. I immediately knew. I'm like, oh, my God, that's what this is. I have COVID. And so then we had to travel back while a few of us in our party had COVID and were already feeling the symptoms. And um, this is the same day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, then I had applied for a job, had several interviews with the job, and they sent me a text when I was on my way to the airport. And they're like, hey, by the way, you didn't get this job. So I was just an emotional wreck. I was ready to go home and just have a breakdown. And surely I did. Finally, we got home after traveling all day. And um, we got home around midnight. I immediately took one of those at-home COVID tests. It didn't even have to go for the full time before it was like, yeah, you have COVID. So then I was stuck in quarantine after going through a very traumatic event that brought up a lot of my PTSD and other um, parts of my past that I haven't really thought of in a very long time. So I was struggling a lot for that month um, after some much-needed therapy sessions, because we all know I go to therapy. Uh I'm doing better. I still haven't fully broken down what happened over my trip, but it's going to be happening within the next few weeks of counseling. Um, Besides that, I just kind of hung out with friends and made some new friends, which was great. Um, I'm sure you guys will be hearing me talk about my new friends. Somebody in my apartment building has become one of my closer friends, um, and we met over the summer. And she's on the first floor. I'm on the fourth floor. So she just comes upstairs and we hang out all day. But um, yeah, a lot of new things. I work at a dry cleaners now, which is, I don't know. I never thought I would be saying that, that I work at a dry cleaners. But it's a lot harder than everybody thinks. They're like, oh, that sounds easy. It's really not because you have to sort everything. And it's such a, like, complicated organize like a detail-oriented job it's just it's a lot more than people realize but um yeah it was a good summer you know I learned a lot and that's what I'm going to be talking about today is a few lessons that I learned from this summer and from my experiences um with friends and strangers and just my traveling and kind of everything that I've seen on social media as well So that's the update that I'm going to give for now. I'm sure next week, uh, I don't know, maybe the following week. I don't know if I'm going to do every week or every other week, probably every other week, just so I have some actual topics to talk about. I feel like if I give myself more time, then I have way more things to talk about. Do you guys know what I'm trying to say? I just don't want it to be crappy content. I would rather have good content that's short or good content that's long rather than content that just nobody wants to listen to, you know? So that's what I'm going to go with for now, and let's get into today's episode. Okay, 
I came up with this idea a little bit ago, right before I was napping, because I was brainstorming. That's what I usually do. I nap, or I nap, and then it comes to me in a dream, or I do it before I fall asleep. I don't know. I have a weird way of thinking. Anyway, so I came up with this idea to talk about the lessons that I've learned over the summer. And I'm counting today as summer because I learned a very important lesson. I mean, now looking back, it's shown up several other times throughout the summer with my family, with friends, um, with strangers. So lesson number one that I learned over the summer and recently is being an adult does not make you mature. So let me just explain. So today I go into my um, class. It's day one of this class, keep in mind. So everything's going fine. The teacher starts lecturing, um, talking about the syllabus, you know how first day goes. Silly week, as Lauren likes to call it, silly week. Um, We don't really do any real work, except you have to read like a chapter or something or have like a little assignment. Anyway, so our professor is lecturing and doing her thing, and this student walks in extremely late. This class is an hour and 15 minutes, and he was about 45 minutes late, and so he doesn't even let her, like, everybody turns and looks at him, and she's still talking, and he completely interrupts her, and he's like, is this da-da-da-da-da, like, making sure he's in the right class, and she was like, yeah. And so then he goes and sits in the only open seat, which was next to me. Lucky me. And so when he walked in, everyone was like, oh, like the girls who were on me, we all kind of looked at each other. We're like, oh, he's he's kind of cute, you know. Um, Well, that immediately was the last thought on my mind once he opened his mouth. Um, So this guy, um, so our professor wanted him to. She wanted everybody, not just him, to go around and introduce themselves and say their pronouns, which, because of the society we're in today, you you have to clarify so that there's no miscommunications or anything, any offense taken. You have to understand not everybody goes by he or she, and there are other pronouns, and the fact that she wants us to clarify that I thought was really nice, and I thought was a group like that shows me that they're a good teacher. While I might go by my pronouns of she, her, and hers, other people don't, and that is that's how they identify themselves, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've just grown up around people who are I've grown up around people who are part of the LGBTQ plus community. I I don't know if I got all of the letters in there. I hope I did. If I'm missing something, I apologize and don't be afraid to correct me on it. But that that community, I've I have so many friends who are part of it and I don't see anybody differently for it. Maybe it's just because I've grown up and I feel like my generation is so much more open about it that it's not a big deal to me. It's never been a big it's never been something I'm like oh that makes you different no I really don't give I don't care like that's who you are that's how you identify that's yeah that's it it doesn't make me look differently at anybody and 
I guess because some people are raised in households where their parents and their families look at people differently because of that, because of their sexuality, because of how they identify as themselves. I I see why the student maybe reacted that well, I haven't even gotten to why he reacted that way. But okay, back on track to the story, I suppose. So she wanted everybody to say their pronouns and so everybody was going, nobody had an issue. He sat next to me, so he went right before me. So he goes and she he says his name and she goes, Okay, what are your pronouns? And he goes, No. And she goes, Excuse me? And he goes, I'm not doing that. That's like he just went off and had a tantrum. He was cussing like at this professor on day one, cussing at her, telling her that it was stupid to do this, that he's obviously a man, that he does not need to identify himself because because there's only two genders, that he's obviously a man, so he has regular pronouns. And so she goes, Okay, so you're he so you're him, he. And he goes, sure. And all the girls in our class and even the guys were all like open mouths, wide eyes, like we were all just kind of in shock that the student did that. So this is where my biggest thing of just because you're an adult does not make you mature. Because I don't care what your views are and how much you don't disagree with something. If you cannot respect the person in charge like that, like if you can't be in a setting where you can't even respect to answer what your teacher is asking, that makes you immediately immature in my book. It was just ridiculous and I was just flabbergasted. And then, oh my God. So then when I went... I said, I'm Bailey Cook. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And he, like, scoffed. And he was like, obviously. And I'm like, well, what's that supposed to mean? I mean, granted, looking back now, I guess I think the obviously part that he commented was because I am, quote-unquote, a female. And that's how I identify. And because when you look at me, you see a female. I think that's where he was coming from. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just making assumptions. I was very frustrated, and he was a very frustrating student, and I think everybody in that classroom agreed equally that he immediately, that was an immediate turnoff. I don't know. I I was just very frustrated. It was giving Andrew Tate vibes. <laughs> Can we just take a second to appreciate the fact that he was banned from all social media? Because I, I am cheering, I am clapping, I am hooting and hollering. Bless the person who did that. I think it was a YouTuber. I'm not entirely sure, but yeah. Was very excited about that. Um, okay, well, that was one example that I had. But really, like, even adults within my family aren't mature. And they're adults. And that doesn't, like, just because you're an adult, that doesn't mean you're mature. It doesn't mean... Like, you can be so childish. And when I was on this family trip um, and the drama down in Mexico happened, we I saw a lot of examples of that. That being an adult does not make you mature. It doesn't make you... You don't know everything still. I mean, that sounds so awful to say, but it really is true. Like, just because you are an adult, because you're of age, because you're older than somebody 
does not mean that you know everything. It doesn't mean that you are mature. I, I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse saying this over and over again, but I don't know how to explain it without giving examples. And a lot of these examples I would feel guilty about sharing because it's my personal family members um, in these situations that I've really come to this this fact is settled with me. But yeah, a lot of people in your life that you're going to meet, they're not you might meet them at first and you're like, oh, like they're great people, but then there might be some type of scenario where there's a fight or an argument or something and they throw a temper tantrum or they just go ballistic for no reason and they become childish and immature and there's no way to get through to them because they're so stubborn. And I think that's another thing. Like, I think maturity and stubbornness go hand in hand. If you can at least listen to the, so say you're on an argument and if you're being, if the person you're trying to communicate with is being immature, it is so hard to get your point across to communicate with them because they might not acknowledge things because they'll be so stubborn to not want to hear what you have to say. And in those situations, you have to kind of take a step back sometimes and decide, okay, is this worth it? Is it worth communicating? Is it worth putting my time and effort into? Are they going to be mature enough to even listen to me? And in these situations, it's so frustrating for both parties. And it it definitely makes me, I know, I want to get more stubborn and I want to raise my voice. I want to yell. I want to get through to them. But sometimes that's not even a possibility. And it becomes so frustrating for both parties that sometimes we just have to take a step back. And there's just, there's a lot that goes on with both parties when somebody is stubborn or being immature. I think it's something that the person who is um, displaying those actions, they need to take a step back and kind of realize, okay, why, where is this coming from? Do some self-evaluation as to why they're acting this way. Did they never properly grow up or is there some deeper issues below the surface that they need to work through? I, that's awful to say, but it really, I strongly believe that just because you are an adult does not make you mature. And that really became clear to me this summer. Okay, this one also kind of stems off of the trip that I had in Mexico. Um, So I went with my parents and then two other family members and two of my friends. So I was surrounded by people and I felt like I had to host because the two people, the two family members who came with us, I don't spend a lot of like consistent time with. I'll just see them every few months, you know? And, um, I felt like I had to play host and I was very overwhelmed. I was very burnt out. I felt like I was just constantly entertaining. And I don't know if any of you know how that feels, but it's very exhausting and it's a lot. So the lesson that I learned was just because you like someone doesn't mean you can spend several days with them. There are several people in my life who I love spending time with, but I know for a fact I cannot spend more than like two or three days with them like in a row. So that's why when 
going on trips with people, I have to be very careful. Because if it would have just been my friends and I, I felt like I would have been okay. But because it was both my family and my friends for a week, I was so overwhelmed. I just, I was so burnt out. I felt constantly like emotionally and mentally drained. Like, yeah, it was a great vacation. Don't get me wrong. But I just, I was so overwhelmed. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot. And I didn't realize how stressful it would be. But it it was still a great trip. Like, I'm not saying it wasn't a good trip. But it was that. And then, pri- okay, so Ava came with us on the trip to Mexico. And the fact that Ava and I had hung out for, like, we went to KC for, like, four days. And then we went to Mexico for a week together, like two days later. I was very, Ava and I were biting each other's heads off. It was bad. And her and I always get along. Like, she's one friend who I can spend a lot of time with and I'm okay. But because I was also around my family, plus her and Lauren, I just felt so irritable all the time. And we were all fighting and I don't like fighting at all but we were all arguing all the time and it just it made for a really bad scenario granted once we got some alcohol in us we were in Mexico so it was legal for us to drink we were fine but it was yeah it wasn't the most ideal situation um that being said just because you like somebody and you enjoy spending time with them that doesn't mean you can spend time with them every single day without a break like if you have a break I feel like it's fine but especially like in new relationships or even consistently like long-term relationships I I'm that's where I'm always like how do people move in with each other like yeah if I find a partner I'm serious enough with I would love to move in with them but then I'm also like I love my personal space I love my personal time like when will I get a break for myself you know It's just a lot to take in and you really have to adjust your lifestyle and kind of merge it together with your partner's lifestyle or even a friend, moving in with a friend. Like, that's a lot. And I feel like I'm so grateful that I live alone in my apartment because I don't think I could have a roommate. Like, I'm just, I'm too anal about certain things, like, in my apartment and I'm I have so many friends tell me, it's, they're like, it looks like you live in a hotel because it's constantly clean, unless I'm in a depressive episode, and then I have laundry on the floor that doesn't get done for like a month, but that's about it. Um, Maybe some dishes in the sink every once in a while when I get too lazy to empty the dishwasher, but that's about it. Other than that, my apartment is spotless, and I clean it at least two or three times a week, like vacuum, Clorox, sanitize, all of it, so I don't get how Like, I just, the thought of living with somebody else makes my skin crawl. But then I'm also like, oh, that's exciting. Because I I would be able to get used to it, but it would be a lot of change and a lot of adjusting. And I don't like either of those things. So, I I don't know. That's something that I've been thinking about when I, um, when that thought came to mind. That just because you like somebody doesn't mean you can spend several days with them. And so, I, I don't know. I would need a break because I know a lot of people who have asked like, hey, do you need a roommate or would you want a roommate? And I'm like, no. And I'm so quick to answer it because I'm like, I couldn't do it. I could, but I don't want to. 
So I'm very grateful for that. And again, just kind of emphasizing, it's okay for you to not be able to spend every single day, every second of your time with somebody, whether that's a friend, partner, family member, whatever. I think that's 100% understandable and I think it's valid because people need alone time. People need personal time. They need time to decompress and that is perfectly normal in my opinion. I know not everybody would agree with that, but then again, that's why you're listening to this podcast. You just want to hear my opinions, which I don't know about you, but I probably wouldn't do that. But uh, yeah, that's the second lesson that I learned. Okay. This third one is very controversial. Um, there's going to be a lot of... I, I try to stay away from controversial topics. Pretty sure we all know that. But um, lesson number three is having different views doesn't have to be the end of a relationship. So over the summer, obviously, the day I was coming back, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um. I really try to not give my political opinions on this podcast, but um, I, I am going to share that I think it is a woman's right and a woman's choice of whether or not she have an abortion. It's my body, my choice, and personally, if I... I do not want kids. Let me start by saying that. I strongly believe that I don't want kids, and if I ever change my mind, I could adopt. But if I could, I would get my tubes tied right now. Um, doctors will not let me <laughs> because I'm, I'm quote-unquote too young to make that decision, which I completely see their point. I am very young, and the fact that I am saying this probably sounds silly to the older listeners and older people in my audience because yeah I am young and it's probably not a very credible thing for me to say at this age and this point in my life but the world that we live in is so terrifying there are children going to school and it's the fact that in America we have to practice what happens if somebody comes into the school with a gun. And like the fire the fire safety I get, the tornado safety I get, all of that stuff I understand. But it's the fact that we don't have more... I'm really not trying to get into politics. I'm going to steer back to the main point of my conversation here. I... If I were to ever get pregnant, I would have an abortion. That's that's that for me. I don't want a child. I understand I could give it up. But at this at this time in my life and even in the future, I don't want the burden of carrying a child and all of the bills that come with that. Like children are so expensive and why would we want to bring them into the world that we live in? It is an awful place. And, like, I don't have the funds to support a child. I can barely support myself. I mean, granted, I have my parents' help. And if that were to happen, they would definitely help me. But not everybody is so lucky. And I've been sitting here for three minutes going on about this. And 
all I'm saying is it is a woman's choice of whether or not whether or not she wants to make that decision for herself and if you don't agree with that you are more than welcome to stop listening to this podcast right here right now because that is something I will never my mind will never be changed about that that being said the whole topic of this segment is just because you have different beliefs as somebody doesn't mean you have to end that relationship whether that's family friends or partner I mean if it's to the point where you've set boundaries, like, I don't want to talk about this topic with you, or I get that we disagree and we will not see eye to eye, but can we just settle to disagree? Like, if you can't, if those boundaries can't be respected, then I understand why you would have to end that friendship. But after, not just, not this is not just like with Roe v. Wade, this is with so many other things, but like, I'm using that because it's a prime example during this time period of our lives right now and within all of America. So I feel like everybody can relate to it very well right now. Um, I, it, It's definitely become very clear to me that some people are not going to listen to my opinion. No matter, no matter what, no matter what arguments I make, no matter what um, I say, they're not going to listen. They're going to be stubborn. They're going to be immature. That goes back to the first um, topic that I had for this um, episode. People are stubborn when it comes to their opinions a lot of the time. I was raised in a household where I can see both sides. I'm also a Libra, so I, I play the scales very well. But I know that not everybody is like that, and some people can't respect other people's opinion, which makes it difficult to have a friendship or have a relationship with that person and if you've set those boundaries and you've tried to say like hey I get that we don't agree on this but can we just agree to disagree can we please not talk about it and they keep bringing it up and they keep mentioning it and just maybe even making comments to you like oh they think this and this and like humiliating you or embarrassing you or belittling you in front of other people then that's when it becomes toxic and it's not okay anymore. I definitely think that that's when it's okay to end a relationship, but also try to make those boundaries. Don't just immediately um, end something. Like, yes, you might not agree with them, but will that ruin the whole friendship? That's just, or relationship, like, that's just something that you have to determine for yourself. Um. I think that's why I really try to stay away from politic talk with everybody in my life, whether that be my audience as you guys, my partner, my like when I'm in relationship, my partners, or even just my friends or family. I do not like to talk about that stuff because I hate conflict. I hate fighting. I don't like it. So I try to stay away from all of that. But um, I definitely think that a friendship or a relationship is salvageable, I cannot say that word for some reason, if you set certain boundaries. And um, especially in these times, like, I have friends who don't have the same political views as me, but I still have a friendship with them. They're still very close to me. And not everyone is that 
I don't know what the word is. Um, not everybody is that open-minded. And some people are very quick to just cut people off if they don't have the same views as them. Whether that be political or anything else. So, a lot of controversial topics on this podcast today. I apologize, but that is something that I did want to bring up. We're in a very scary time in um, the world right now for women's rights and we're going to step backward which is terrifying for me I mean it's scary times and really just try to protect yourselves all that you can ladies and um yeah that's it for this little segment and we're gonna go on to the next topic this one is quite funny to me because it happens every year but um people come back into your life when they see that you're thriving and when they see that you're happy and that you're doing well, they come back into your life to try and ruin that happiness. That goes for people who are no longer in your life, whether that be friends, um, old exes, you know, literally so many people do this because if they're not happy with their life and where they're sitting at currently, um, on their timeline and their journey of life, then they immediately, whether they're scrolling through social media or whatever, if they hear or see that you are doing well, they want to ruin that. People are vindictive and manipulative and evil sometimes. I hate to say that word, but they are. And I don't, it's not just girls, it's not just guys, literally both genders and other genders are evil people are so mean and they just they're envious of others if they are more happy than them and people are so quick to try and ruin that happiness because they're jealous and jealousy is such an ugly thing and an ugly feeling and I really try to not be the jealous type and relationships I am sometimes. I will not lie about that. I'll definitely be jealous of like my partner if they are around certain people. I get jealous. I'll admit that. I do. But other than that, I'm not the jealous type of person. And I don't know if it's because the way I was raised and maybe because of the way that they were raised that they're just jealous people. But it's never been like a strong emotion of mine to be jealous of other people and try to ruin that happiness. Maybe it's because so many people have tried to do that for me that I'm like, I don't want to be like them. But yeah, just people come back into your life and they try to ruin that. And it's so hard sometimes when you, maybe it is an ex and you still have feelings for them, you're not fully over them, or you're like, oh, they're coming back, maybe I can give them another chance. It's, it doesn't really ever work out. Maybe every few people it might, but most of the time it doesn't work out. They didn't change like they say. They, all they want to do is get back into your life because in, in the case of exes, in my opinion, they realize what they're missing out on and they realize, wow, I'm not going to find anybody better than them. They treated me great. And so they'll come back to you and they'll be desperate and they'll 
going to be the whole, give me another chance, I'm sorry, I'm, I've changed, I'm better, I won't do that anymore. And almost 90% of the time, no change happens, they're the same way that they always were. And it's heartbreaking because you let this person back into your life just to be disappointed all over again. And so it's really hard sometimes. That goes for friendships and exes. I think I think people are in your life for a reason, and I think they leave your life for a reason. And most cases, in my opinion, there's no reason for them to be back in your life. And it's heartbreaking sometimes, depending on the person. You want a relationship with them, whether that be romantic or platonic, and you can't because they're just a toxic person. They don't make you happy, and if they do make you happy, then it's, it just doesn't work both ways. There's always something. There's always an excuse you can make to yourself to say, but they're a good person, but they've, they said they changed. Like, there's so many things that you can say and try to make excuses for them along with yourself and the behavior that they're, the way that they're treating you. And it just, it won't change. And until you step up and say, okay, I'm done and you don't let them back into your life, they're going to keep continuing the cycle. And it's really hard and it sucks, but it's also a good lesson to be learned. And it took me a long time to learn that. That goes for exes and platonic friendships. It was really hard for me to keep, to stop giving people so many chances. Because, I mean, you you want to give a second chance, but then it turns into three, then four, then five, and it just keeps going until finally you have to decide, am I going to let this person keep hurting me? Am I going to keep letting them be toxic? Am I going to want this negativity in my life? And it's a really hard boundary to set, and it's really hard to cut people off sometimes, but that's a decision you have to make for yourself, and you have to be strong enough to realize, okay, I have other people in my life who are going to support me. I have other people who are better for me and make me happy and don't make me feel so awful all the time and are so toxic to me. And you have to appreciate those people that you have and realize they'll be your support system. They will help you through the grief of ending that relationship, whether, like I said, it's platonic or romantic. Wow, that was a really good rant. I'm not doing a script for this episode because I've just, I have a lot on my mind. And let me just say, I think I've done pretty well. I haven't had to do too many takes. But um, yeah, that's the um, fourth lesson that I learned is people come back into your life when they see that you're thriving and they see that you're happy. And that's a decision you have to make. Are you going to let them back into your life or are you going to not open that door again? This next one seems so simple and so, like, obvious, but tell the people in your life how grateful and appreciative you are for them. I don't think I ever really did this, and then within this past year, I've really started expressing my gratitude and how much I appreciate the people in my life and everything that they do for me. Um, I, I think I've always been very, um, communicative about it, that I'm grateful, but I don't think I've said it enough. 
And within the past few months, I've definitely grown to express it far more than I did. And I really don't know why I started doing it. But one day I was just like, wow, I don't tell people enough how grateful I am for them and how fortunate I am to have them in my life. And you don't even have to do anything for them. You can just simply send them a text or call them and tell them this thing and tell them whatever you want to tell them. But I think it's really important to remind the people in our lives that we are grateful for them and that we care for them because we get so busy and caught up with life in general that sometimes it kind of just gets brushed under the rug and kind of forgotten and you're just used to that person being there all the time for you and then one day they could wake up and be gone and I think it's really hard to know that you didn't tell that person enough like oh I appreciate you I'm grateful for you I'm so thankful to have you in my life and on my journey with me I think it's so important to constantly tell people that and whether that be a partner and have a little date and do something nice for them or even just a friend and grab them, like grab lunch with them, tell them like how much you appreciate them. You don't even have to buy them anything or do anything for them. Even just telling this person how grateful you are and how much you appreciate them means so much to somebody. Um, Even if they're not an affectionate person, I still feel like it really means a lot to hear that you're appreciated and that you are cared about and that everything you do doesn't go unnoticed. Because there are so many people in my life who I constantly just text them and I ran about my day and then that's that and I don't even think twice about it. And they could be going through a lot and maybe they feel like they aren't appreciated. So I feel like reminding that person whether it is a friend, a family member, or even a partner, I think it's super important to just tell people how much you care for them. Because like I said, life is short. One day they could just wake up and be gone. And I think that's something you don't want to regret for the rest of your life. And this, again, I'm sorry, this seems so simple and so cliche, but I really have started to um, bring this into my life and started to tell people more and more, maybe a little too much, (laughs) how much I care for them and how grateful I am. But I think it's very important to remind people that you are fortunate for them and you're not, like, everything that they do is appreciated. Because, I mean, there's people in my life and they do things for me all the time and I'm like, I say it so much, but I... I truly do appreciate everything that they do for me and how often they're there for me and all of the little things that they do to help me get through my hard days and they're there for me on my good days too and that means so so much to me because people like that are hard to find in today's world. Loyal people who are great friends, great partners, great family members, it's really really hard to find true people that are loyal and honest and just good, genuine people. So remind your loved ones, remind the people you care about how much you care about them, whether it's a text like, hey, I just wanted to say I appreciate you, thank you, or it's a long, long paragraph telling them 
I appreciated when you did this. Like maybe give an example of, hey, you did this the other day and I really appreciated it. Thank you so much. Just thank people. Be polite. Respect them. Don't let them feel like they're being taken for granted. Because when you're that person, you know how awful it feels when you're like, oh, they didn't say thank you. They didn't really care that I did this for them and I put a lot of effort into it. I I personally never want to make somebody feel like that. So telling somebody how fortunate you are and how grateful and how appreciative, it means so much to that other person, even if they're not a very affectionate and emotional person. Okay, that's a wrap for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I really missed you guys so much. Season two is going to be so exciting. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. For updates about Clinically Chaotic, you can follow my Instagram, B-A-Y underscore K-O-C-H, Bay underscore Cook for my main Instagram or Clinically Chaotic, the podcast on Instagram. If not, you can also follow my blog channel, clinicallychaotic.wordpress.com for updates as well. I will see you guys in two weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I miss you guys. And yeah, that's it. Bye, guys.